Father, we love you. We just invite you this morning to highlight your word. We are asking for you to come and speak things that we need to take into our own lives this morning through Abraham's life. And we just welcome you wholeheartedly in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alrighty, so open up your Bible to Genesis. Today I'm going to be using the English Standard Version. And I've got a whole bunch of scriptures that we're going to be going through. And so today's a great day to follow along if you want to. Genesis, we're going to start in chapter 12, English Standard Version, if you're using your phone and you can pick which version. So Rachel's been doing an amazing job talking about mission and purpose and helping us kind of explore those type things. And this week and next week, we're going to be talking about kind of the same, but through the life of Abraham. So like I said, the path has been helping me a lot. Rachel's message has been helping me a lot. And as we're going through that, just randomly, I was reading through Genesis. And as I'm reading through Genesis, I'm watching Abraham's life and watching this mighty man of God who was the father of the faith, right? And watching his journey, his faith journey, trying to say yes to God over and over and over. And then watching him fail over and over and over and watching him get back up again and continue walking in faith. And it's really encouraged me. And so today we're looking at the life of Abraham and how did he live on mission and how did he fall and how did God restore him and how did God speak to him and how did he continue until the very end, okay? So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read the scriptures. We're going to talk about some life lessons as we go along. When I get to the end, which is about the end of chapter 15, I'm going to ask you, what life lesson are you taking away from Abraham's life this week? Okay? So make some notes of the life lessons because I'm not going to let us leave until we've heard some good answers. Okay? All right. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your father's country. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. So God calls out Abraham. He gives him a clear vision and a purpose for his life. He says, you've got to leave from where you are in order to get where we're going. So step one, get up. Let's get going. Leave your comfort zone. Abraham was 75 years old at this point. He was comfortable. He had a lot of possessions. He had all of his homies and all of his friends, and they were all there enjoying life together. And God says, let's go. If you want to follow me, if you want to say yes to me, you've got to get up out of your comfort zone. So life lesson number one, if you're going to follow God, a lot of times, most always, he'll call you to leave your comfort zone. Okay, so um, God gives them a promise. He gives them just a little taste. I'm calling you out. I'm going to make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that, what's it say? You will be a blessing. So God makes Abraham great so that he can be a blessing to all the others, all the rest of the world. Amen? And then he gives them a, a promise of protection. I will bless those who bless you. And in other versions, it says, I will curse those who curse you. ESV says, I will, the one who dishonors you, I will curse. So he has this, also this promise of protection from God. All right? Verse 4. So Abraham went. Everybody say, hooray! Abraham went. He got up. He left everything. And he says yes to God. So awesome first step, Abe. Way to go. As the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, and his, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Verse 7. Then the Lord appears to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. All right, so he takes the first step of faith. He says yes to God. And what does God do? God shows up and God gives him a little bit more, a little bit more info. God begins to clarify the promise a little bit more. So life lesson, if you're trying to follow God on mission, God will give you a little tiny piece to see if you're going to say yes. If you say yes, God's going to give you another little tiny piece. All right? So what does Abraham do at that point? So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Say, he built an altar. So Abraham takes it to heart, and he builds an altar as a stake in the ground to remember God's promise. And even though the Canaanites were in the land, Abraham says, this is my land. This is God's promise for me. And so it was a physical act to build this altar. He went and got some big old rocks, and he made this giant pile of rocks, okay? That was his altar. But in his heart, that was him saying, God spoke to me. This is significant. I believe what you said to me, God, and I'm not going to let go of what you said. This is real to me. I'm going to live my life based on what you said. That's how he uses his altars, to remember the word of God, the promise of God to him. Verse 8, so from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. So again, he's moving on. He's saying yes to God. He's continuing to go, taking the land, and he builds another altar. God, you promised me this land also. I believe it. I'm here with you. And he's crying out to God in this place of, of building the altar. Then verse 9, Abram journeys on, still going to the Negeb. All right? All right, now say test number one. Who knows that when God promises something to you, God's going to test his promise to you. He's going to begin to test your faith. Do you know that? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand because you should know this if you're past five years old. All right? God's going to test you. It's one of his favorite things to do. Why? I don't know. It really annoys me very often, but God is going to test you because he wants to give you substance to your faith. He wants you to know that you can stand on what he says and hold on to it with all of your heart, okay? So test number one, this is Genesis chapter 12, verse 10. So they're, they've left their comfort zone. They left all their friends and family. They're marching along. Yes, God, this is our land. Yeah, woohoo! And then all of a sudden, there's a famine. Say famine. There's a famine in the land, okay? And this is Abraham's first test. The famine comes, and in this moment, this was God's opportunity to Abraham to first learn to trust God. Okay, God's promise was, come out. I have a huge blessing for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. You've got nothing to worry about. Now this famine comes, and it stares him in the face, and he has a chance to see God prove himself in that moment. But instead of trusting God in this moment, Abraham says, oh no, we've left our comfort zone. Now we're in the middle of nowhere. I have all these people with me. We're getting hungry. They could die, and they're going to blame me if they all start dying. Oh my goodness, what do we do? Let's go to where the safety is. And so in the, for the sake of self-preservation, Abraham runs away in fear and doesn't give God the chance to prove himself. In this moment, because of self-preservation, Abraham ditches the promise of God. 
He says, peace out, God. I'm too scared. I'm going to preserve my own life because apparently you don't care about me. Apparently you're not going to do it, so I'm out of here. And he runs to Egypt. Say, boo. Abraham, dude, what are you doing? So what happens next? Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know that you are a woman. All right, no duh. Thanks, Abraham. Yeah, I know that you are a woman, beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, and then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me and my self-preservation because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. For your sake. And so when Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a woman and that she was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, the Pharaoh dealt with Abraham, and he had sheep and oxen and male donkey and servants and female servants and female donkeys and camels. All right? So get this. God has spoken to Abraham. My promise to you is to build a mighty nation out of your descendants. Yes, God, yes, I'm going to build all these altars. I believe what you're saying. And the first moment that fear comes in, he jumps out, he bails, and he goes for self-preservation. And not only that, that, but he also literally gives away half of the promise of God. He gives it away. Half the promise is very directly connected to Sarah, and Abraham gives away half the promise of God. This dude is out. He's finished. He's done with the promise of God. Say, but God. God is not finished with his own promise for Abraham. Amen? Okay, so let's keep reading. Verse 17. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh in his house, with great plagues because of Abraham. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. If you're reading along, it says, but the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife, all right? So God steps up on behalf of Sarah. God hasn't given up on his plan, and God himself afflicts Pharaoh. God remembers his promise that he gave to Abraham. His promise he gave to Abraham was, those who curse you, I will curse. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who dishonor you, I will curse. God remembers. And so in this moment, Abraham has been dishonored. And God shows up, remembering his own promise. Even though Abraham is done and has forgotten it and has quit, God remembers and God shows up and God curses Pharaoh's house. So say, God doesn't forget his promise to me, even when I forget. Say, hallelujah. So Pharaoh called Abram. And he said, what is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her in for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Chapter 13. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he journeyed on, okay? So God's promise to Abraham was that I will bless you, 
so that you can be a blessing. And even though Abraham has ditched his own uh, belief in what God's told him, God is still blessing him tremendously. God is holding on to his promise for Abraham. So he journeys on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Say, at the beginning. So Abraham... He ditches God's word. He gets kicked out of his security plan. He's back out there with God, and he thinks, okay, might as well go connect with God one more time. Where does he go? Back to where it started. He goes back to where God called him at the beginning. What does he do when he gets back at the beginning? To the place where he had made an altar at first, and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. Life lesson number whatever. (laughs) When you fall off of your mission with God and you have run away because you are terrified and you're afraid and you've chosen self-preservation instead of saying yes to God, when it's time to get back on your horse and start moving with God again, go back to where you last connected with God. You should go back to wherever you left God. Go back to where it all started. Go back to where that stake in the ground happened for you personally and cry out to the Lord in that place. Okay? Because when you go there, the Lord hasn't left. He is still there. He is still there to meet with you, and he will connect with you, and he will encourage you and strengthen you and send you back on your way with his original plans for you. Amen? All right. So he goes back to the place where he made the altar at first, and there Abraham calls out to the Lord. Genesis 13, 6, or 5. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen and Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Okay, now who was Lot? Lot was Abraham's brother's kid. Okay? Lot was like a little gnat. <laughs> he was a little tag-along. He was kind of a little punk. He doesn't make great life choices, which we're going to find out here in just a few minutes, okay? But guess what? Lot is tremendously blessed by God. Lot is not blessed by God because of Lot. Why is he blessed? Lot is tremendously blessed because of the blessing upon Abraham's life. Lot was, had all this stuff, all these blessings, because he was close to the man of God that was being blessed. There was, it was collateral blessing upon Lot's life, okay? So I love this story, and I just kind of laugh when I think about Abraham in this story. So they're fighting between each other, and Abraham says, Then Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. It's not the whole land before you. Can't you go anywhere with your blessings that are because of me, right? So separate yourself from me. If you take the left, I'll take the right. If if you take the right, I'll take the left. And I have to imagine Abraham in this moment is thinking, I am the reason for the blessing, okay? Not you, you little goober of a person, you're not blessed because God's blessing. You're blessed because of me. So why don't you just move on, take your little herd, and let's live our lives normal. Like, go have your own life. And so what happens next? I think Abraham's thinking he, he's going to enjoy his life. He's going to stay where he is, where all this great stuff is. Verse 10. And the goober Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord. 
This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 11, so Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east and thus separated himself from each other. Okay? So can't you imagine Abraham? He's like living his life. He's blessed. And all of a sudden, Lot takes the golden chunk of land. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. I didn't see that one coming. Okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you take it. It's cool. It's cool. I'll go, I'll go the other way. That's fine. I'll go into the desert with God, right? And so as soon as Lot goes off, Abraham is tested again, and God shows up. As soon as Lot leaves, verse 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated himself, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, east and west, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, then your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Say hallelujah. This is a good day for Abraham. He's sad. He's in a low spot. And then God shows up again. Abraham's saying yes to God. And God continually gives him more pieces of the puzzle as he continues to say yes in his faith with God. Okay? So the same is true with you. God will reinforce his promises to you. If you continually say yes to God, he will continually give you more pieces to keep you moving in the right direction. Verse 18. So Abraham moved his tent and he came and settled at the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So say, yea, Abraham. Abraham. He obeys again immediately. Hallelujah. All right? Good job, Abraham. He goes and he builds an altar, and he puts another stake in the ground. Yes, God, you promised me you're going to do all these things for me. I'm with you 100%. Let's go till the day I die. I'm in. And he builds this altar. Good day. Genesis 14. We have this great story of, of this war that happens between these kingdoms. There's five kingdoms and five kings in their whole army, and they get mad at four kingdoms and their kings and their armies, and they have a big old war. And in this story, the four kings defeat the five kings. So these four kings are pretty tough dudes. It's pretty legit to be able to defeat five kings, right? So they have this big old war, there's this battle, and good old Goober Lot has been swept up because he was with the wrong crowd. And now he gets taken up in the midst of all of the war. So they also took Lot, the son of Abraham's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom in his possessions, and went their way. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Okay? Now, God's promise to him was, whoever dishonors you, I'm going to curse. Right? And so here again, we get to watch this happen in real life. Abraham takes 318 farmers, 318 shepherds. And he says they were trained, but ultimately, these are people watching sheep in the desert. He takes 318 men, and he attacks the armies of four kings. And the blessing of the Lord is all over him. And he divided his forces against them by night. And his servants defeated them and pursued them to Horeb, north of Damascus. And then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsmen Lot with his possessions and the women and the people. Okay? I love this. Are you ready for the next lesson? Sometimes when the enemy comes into your life, 
and wants to mess with you and mess up your life, there's blessings inside of that trial. Okay? So in this case, the enemy looks over at Abraham and thinks, whoa dang, this boy is blessed. We better not mess with him, but I know what will get at him. Let's go mess with his goober nephew. Let's just take him. Okay? And so the enemy means to do harm to Abraham's life, and instead the blessing of God overtakes the enemy's plans, and all of a sudden he is tremendously blessed with much, much, much more because of the blessing of God. In his moment of deep trial, he had tremendous blessing from God. Amen? Say, in the moment of my trial, God wants to bless me. All right. So this continues, Genesis 14, verse 17. And after his return from the defeat, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom, and, Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheba. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. Verse 19. And so he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, God by God Most High possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand all right so Abraham has heard God he's agreed with God's promises for his life he has been walking in faith and he's got these things planted deeply inside of his heart he's seen God show up time and time again and now all of a sudden after all this is settled, now God uses an external source to speak into the same blessing. When Abraham hears this from God's most high priest, this is not a surprise. This is a confirmation of what God has already put inside of his heart. So the same thing goes for you. Oftentimes, God's going to speak to you. He's going to promise you. He's going to give you your mission. He's going to plant it deep inside of your heart. And he will use outside sources to come and confirm what God has already put inside of you. Amen? All right, so Abram, he gives a tenth of everything to Melchizedek. Abraham acknowledges God in his blessing. This is so incredibly important that we continually acknowledge the source of our blessings, and we never think it's because of our own merit, but only because of God, and to give God a sacrifice in those blessings. Amen? Genesis 15 is our last chapter for today. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And I love this little section because this one speaks so much to God's character. So in this moment, Abraham should be on a high mountain. He just whooped up on a huge army. He got tremendously blessed. He got encouraged by the most high priest in the land that this is what God says about you. But for some reason, when God comes and finds him in Genesis 15, Abraham is in a very low place in regard to God's promise. Okay? Have you ever been in a low place in regards to God's promise? Right? And that's okay. And God thinks it's okay. And God will come and meet you when you're in your low place. And he will come and speak to you and help you. So Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. Say amen. I am your shield and your very great reward. Verse 2, but Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me? For I continued childless. And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my house will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. 
And he brought him outside. And he said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. Isn't that good? So in the moment of Abraham's despair, he's feeling like, God, this promise that you gave me, this mission of my life, this is a total waste of time. I'm an old man. I'm going to die before too long. You promised me nations, and you've given me nothing. What is going on? I have no children. I'm going to die, and some person inside my house is going to take over everything without doing what you promised that you would do. And he's crying out to God. He's bearing his soul to God. And does God run away? God stands right there by his side. God is very happy to have this conversation with Abraham. Amen? And so in your moment, when God is encouraging you to keep going and you're feeling like, no, this is a waste of time. You are a liar. None of these things that you said are true. God is very happy to meet you in your vulnerability and to talk it out with you. And what specifically does God do? He pulls out his finger and he looks at the lie that Abraham's been believing and he points it right at that one specific lie. And he says, no, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. If you will let God, he will come and he will highlight the lies that you're believing about his promise and he will tell you the truth. He will replace those lies with truth. And that's why it's so important to be utterly honest with God when you're in your faith journey. So he brings him outside. He points at the stars. He says, this is how many your household is going to have. In verse 6, and he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. It was not the actions that Abraham did that allowed him to be counted as righteous. It was only his belief in the word of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 7, and he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. So God reminds him of the original promise that started the whole thing. Verse 8, but he said, oh Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? So even though God's meeting him, he's still in this low spot. He's feeling like, but I've done this so many times. Like how many times are we going to go through this? How am I supposed to know that any of this is real? He says, how do I know that I will possess it? And God says to him, bring me a heifer, three years old, a female goat, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove, a young pigeon. And he brought them all to God, and he cut them in half and laid each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in half. Now get this, I love this. Verse 11, Abraham is just, oh, he's just so desperate. He just so desperately wants God to give him a sign. Like, please, is any of this real? Am I wasting my whole life wandering around in the desert? Please, God, show me this is real. And God tells him how to get the sign that he needs. And he obeys and he does what God says. And then he waits. And he waits for hours. And he waits for the sun to go down. And he just sits looking at this sacrifice that nothing is happening to. Like, God, you told me to do this. What the heck? And then the enemy comes in in the deepest moment of despair and he sends the freaking vultures to come and eat the very sacrifice that Abraham is begging God to show him that this is real. Is that not just like the devil? <laughs> to come in in your moment of greatest despair and eat your sacrifice to God. So what does he do? Verse 11. When the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And you know what? God was okay with this. 
God was okay with the waiting. God was okay with the birds of, of despair coming in to eat the sacrifice. God was fine with it. God's okay with making you wait for him. Don't ask me why, seriously, but he is. <laughs> Verse 12, so as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. And then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that's not theirs. And will be servants there. They'll be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. And you will be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And when the sun had gone down, it was dark. And behold, a smoking fire pit and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine just smoking pot and a flame going through these pieces? But what happens here? So God is honest and, and Abraham is honest and vulnerable with God. God gives him a lot more detail to the promise that he's given him. If you're faithful to just keep moving forward, God will continue to be faithful to give you more pieces to the puzzle to help move you in the right direction. He will give you the sign that you need to continue. Verse 18, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kizites, the Kadmites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephraim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergesites, and the Jebusites. Hallelujah. And we're going to stop right there. Amen? Okay, so there's so many life lessons that we can take from Abraham's faith journey. But I feel like there's so many things we can all relate to. I know I relate to a whole lot of these. And a whole lot of like, yeah, okay, God, I'm going to go. And then like, what the heck? What did you do? Why, we were happy where we were. What are you doing now, right? So I'm probably not the only one that can relate to that. We're going to finish up next week starting on chapter 16 and learn some more from his story and how God responds to him.